0: Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and a psychologist Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. You see, white people have names like Lenny, whereas black people have names like Carl. Ha <laughs> ha right The you
1: have. Pay no attention tonight, man. Anybody can have a brain. You're a very bad man. I'm a very good man.
0: Just a very bad wizard. Welcome to Very Bad... Wi- <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tam Losevers from the University of Houston. And I'm David Pizarro from
2: Cornell University.
0: Growing up the son of a of a huge plantation-owned in Mississippi puts a white man in contact with a whole lot of black
1: faces. I spent my whole life here, right here, in Candleland, surrounded by black faces.
0: Now, seeing them every day, day in, day out,
1: I, I only had one question. I don't think he us.
0: <laughs> now, right out there on that porch, three times a week for 50 years,
1: old Ben here would shave my daddy with a straight razor. Now, if I was old Ben, I would have cut my daddy's goddamn throat, and it wouldn't have taken me no 50 years to do it, neither.
0: Right. and that was a clip from Django Unchained, and we are re-recording the, an episode that we lost, tragically. Best episode ever. Yeah. yeah. You have to trust us on this. Yeah. It was a great, great episode, and we lost...
2: It's <laughs> it just- really i'm gonna say it again it is like saying that you had a really hot girlfriend in the summer and and you got buff and and then you right before school you broke up and and stopped working out and
0: And now (laughs) the worry is that it's like you're taking a different girl who's not as cool back to that same place and trying to recreate all those great experiences and it's just exactly and
2: and our girl in this particular episode is my friend damani (laughs) McDowell who is uh (laughs) who is a childhood friend of mine since elementary uh Damani, say hi so they can tell you're black. Hello. <laughs> oh, see? That was, that
0: was wonderful. Can, can you just hear the blackness? Oh, yeah, it's coming.
1: It's uh, thick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh, so Damani is just one of those people who is a like mind. Uh, he's not an academic, but uh doesn't, doesn't mean he's any dumber than we are. I'm, I mean, he is, but whatever. Um, but just in terms of personality, we figured if – it is one of the most awkward conversations people can have, and so we figure if the three of us can't talk candidly about race and prejudice and discrimination and reparations and slavery and the N word in America, then then uh, all then no is back. lost. Then all
0: is lost. I don't know what we'll do in that situation.
2: <laughs>
1: <We> just,
0: <laughs> but like just we know work. that all is lost. <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> A couple of points of business. The first, really quickly, on our. If you go to our home website on verybadwizards.com, we've put up a link now that leads you to Amazon, uh, it leads you actually to Tamler's very good book, which we suggest you, you purchase if you haven't. Um, but if you actually go to Amazon through that link, it's an affiliate link, which means that if you keep shopping on Amazon, we'll get some small piece of uh, piece of the pie for us. That would help us offset the costs of, of putting the podcast together, and it would, wouldn't cost you anything more. So if you if you like us and go buy a, like a, plat, a super expensive television on Amazon via that link,
0: or textbooks or anything, anything
2: yeah. helps. All right. The other is thanks for the uh, reviews and, and ratings on iTunes. Uh, keep them if, coming. Keep, if you're so motivated to do, to do this, and and we ask just because it helps, uh, it helps the podcast actually show up um, more often on searches. So uh, we'd like to keep getting people, more people listening to us.
0: You really are. You are really uncomfortable. Um, I know. I with any it. sort I mean, of self promotion, I, mean, I I, I know. know the feeling. Oh, uh, one other thing. Part two of our episode. Should we say what happened? Oh yeah, yeah. So
2: you know, we we did the Burning Bridges part one, uh which we were happy with, and it went so long that that as I said on the podcast, we we're gonna do part two. Part two just got it got messed up. The idea got messed up. Um but in reality both Tamler and I were hoping that it, that it would get messed up because part one was substantially better. So we'll probably just re-record the part two with our top complaints. It's not like we have a lack of complaints. So right, it just it,
0: it, it wasn't very good and we lost it and it was unfortunate, but it wasn't as unfortunate as when we lost the episode. with. Uh, <laughs> right. As you
2: can tell, we have very high standards for our own products. Or, or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So uh, so let's talk Django Unchained. First
2: of all, slavery gave us two of the best movies this year. So worth it. Kind of. No, just kidding. um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. uh and uh, and you know, not them, worth it, but not worth it. See, but like... one of them one of them one of them was raw and it depicted slavery. Django and Chain depicted slavery in a way that that being raised in America, I've never actually seen a movie depict slavery. Now, if Quentin Tarantino went a little too far in his depiction of violence, I think that he erred in the, on on the side of that that I I think people should err on right now because Abraham Lincoln, you know, it's the, the Lincoln movie doesn't show any depiction really of slavery, right? No. So the use of the N word, and the, I know that Quentin Tarantino's not trying to be a his, like a historian. Come on, people use the N word a
0: lot. Well, even if they did, I don't think the complaint was he's being historically inaccurate. I think the complaint was he is he's uh, taking
2: i think the complaint is he takes joy in it,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that yeah that he
1: takes joy in it, that thinks it's funny or maybe i mean what it, so what was your reaction well for me i I have no problem with it uh in the context of the movie, I know Quentin seems to be definitely taking pleasure in the the overuse of it, I think, but in the t- context of the movie, it makes sense i don't like it in everyday life because i think uh, historically it's a painful word so
2: right so so i actually so a lot of a lot of black people in america use that word very very easily but but growing up with damani right you uh, you were not the sort of person who would ever use that word like
1: i would only use it in a in a joke or to talk about how other people used it
2: Yeah, yeah right but you can say, so, so, Tamler, when you're telling, yeah. when you're telling jokes that require that word, which you, I'm sure you do all the time because we know how racist you are, do you, do you, do you say it? Do you have a problem saying it?
0: It definitely depends on who I'm with.
2: Other, other racist people. <laughs> Is that the direction you're going with it?
0: No, I try not to say it. It's one of the few words, and I wouldn't put "cunt" in this. I mean, "cunt" is a word that gets tossed around my own house with my wife and stuff like that. But I would never, <laughs> ever do that when it comes to the N word. And like I said, I mean, on the last episode, both you and I, uh, <laughs> we were we brought ourselves to be able to say it. And if I remember it, it wasn't you know, it wasn't the it was most awkward a, yeah,
2: it, thing it in an the whole academic world. context, right? Like, yeah. well, yeah. It, it's like it's like Louis C.K. getting mad at people for talking so much about the N word, and he's like, "Just say nigger because you're putting the word in my mind anyway,
1: and yeah.
0: you're not taking any responsibility for it, right?" Like- do you, the, did you the, the, do you mind when say Dave
1: says uh, the N word casually? Well, hopefully, David never says it casually, but I, yeah, I, I would mind, of course, if he if he did that, but. Um even though you know you've
0: been friends with him for 20, well, you just know he's not
1: racist, right? It wouldn't change, it wouldn't make me think he's racist. It would make me think he doesn't respect the historical pain that that word has, that carries with it. I think there's a big, big difference between the word nigger and the word dyke, for example. Because I think, uh, as a derogatory word, it's the, one of the only words that I know of that really meant some, something that was subhuman, not just bad person
2: it
0: was like came with a theory of like
2: of of black people being like a different
0: species of, of what life. is the origin of the n-word oh, i'll gonna, say it just i'm just working my way up to it yeah.
1: what's the origin of it well i, I think there's it's several it, it's it kind of grew into a definition because it comes from negroid right
2: yeah it comes right. through, it comes from it actually comes from this, the Spanish and Portuguese word's for black which is negative right, right. right.
1: but so, negro is not
0: but, but when did it become something you bad. know that was really bad and offensive
1: It's when it was used uh, to describe black slaves in this country that were less than human they were they were putting them in a category that was not human beings which is Right, kind of how it gets its negative connotation,
0: and then it just stayed that way, even after they were freed, and for like a hundred years after they were freed, right, or till today. Well, yeah, uh, pretty much. So the
2: the interesting thing with the word is that it, is
0: it switch, the the
2: the the use by black people um, to as a, as a term of endearment. So you know, one of my first experiences with this was when I was in in Miami growing up. There were there were actually race riots uh, when I was in I don't know it was like second and third grade second or third grade and I had a little black friend named Irving like like Washington Irving and uh, I remember him I think it was second grade I remember him going up to the to the fence because the school was in in a pr- predominantly black neighborhood and he would he went up to the fence and he was talking to some older black kids from the neighborhood and they were talking about how, how they were actually talking about the riots they were how they were gonna riot. Like, you know, these little kids. And uh, he was using the N-word, like, a lot. And when he came back to the playground, I was like, hey, Irving, I thought that was a bad word. And he looks at me, he's like, not when we use it with each other. (laughs) And that was, like, my first first lesson in, like, oh, okay, that made sense. That made sense. (laughs) But
1: But you don't buy that, Damani? I mean, I buy it, but I think it's still... It's kind of a. I don't think it. I don't think the sting is ever taken out of that word. I mean, no matter how many times I say it to another black person, if a non-black person says it to uh, to, to a black person, it hurts just as much. Or if, like, do you remember the the show Iconic where? Uh, yeah, that's Bell see, and,
2: that's great. There's a big generational difference in that show.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we we'll so put a even link though to that. my generation yeah. can do can say. You know the N word all the time, and whatever doesn't bother him. But if my if my grandmother overheard me, I would feel a lot like Dave Chappelle felt. Like Dave Chappelle and, and Maya Angelou were in obviously the room together, and they just they brought up that word, and the pain in her face made they felt almost shrink into inside himself. He felt guilty like immediately in front of her, but. Obviously, uh, on the show, he doesn't do that.
2: But you know right. what, though, it was the one of the it was one of the times when when Dave Chappelle was clearly uncomfortable talking to this you know this sort of national treasure of a human being, um, and, and uh, he's embarrassed at talking about it. But he actually stuck to his guns, and he says, "Well, for me and, and my generation of friends, and he and he, I think I think uh, refers to, to most deaf, says this is a very different word." And it doesn't have that meaning, and so they actually—it was a point of disagreement there. Um, and and Dave Chappelle actually, I, I think, defended it. It really does have a different meaning entirely.
0: Well, so what do you think about that, Damani? So I, I remember this very famous Lenny Bruce routine, which they showed in the movie called Lenny, where he just gets up. He, you know, this is like a bit now. He says, "Are, um, are there any niggers in the audience?" By the way, are there any niggers here tonight? Are there any niggers here, tonight? Is he that desperate for shock value? Are he scraped the bottom bound to be that cruel to say, are there any niggers here, tonight? Have I ever talked about the Schwartz and they left the room? Or oh, the Moulin Johns or the arms who placated some southerner by absence of voice when he ranted and read about the nigger, nigger, niggers? Are there any niggers here? I know I'm working with a nigger. Ah, I think I see one nigger couple back there between those two niggers to three kikes. Thank God for the kikes. And two spicks and one Mick. They have two spicks, one mick, three kikes, and one spunky funky hunky. Any more boogies? Three more sheenies, eight more guineas, six guineas, seven wops, six grease balls. I pass six dykes, four kikes, and eight niggers. You know, it's this really tense, stressful thing where you don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, then he goes into this. You know why I'm saying this? You know why I keep repeating it? Because I want to drain all the poison out of this word if i keep saying it and i keep doing it i will drain all the poison out of that word and when a little 10 year old black girl is on a bus and somebody says and somebody calls her a nigger it won't hurt like it hurts now
1: do you do do you see anything to that I, don't, I just don't buy that it actually works. Uh, I, I understand the concept of desensitization, but I mean, I don't think something that big can be desensitized, you know?
2: The problem is that it's so clear when the intent, if a rapper is saying the N word, it's like, who, no one, can, I don't even think twice. In fact, when I'm rapping lyrics out loud, like I, I, you know, if I'm saying it out loud, then I notice. But in my head, like I wouldn't even think twice about that. The these are the, these are situations in which the intent behind the word is so obvious. Like if a, if an old white, did you guys see that? Actually, we'll put a link to this. Did you see that uh, guy, that old man who slapped the black two year old, like a black infant, on an oh, airplane because wow, no. he was crying, and he slapped the kid and he told the parents, "Shut your nigger baby up."
0: Wow, Jesus Christ! did Can they you kill believe him?
2: that? No. So he got arrested. Right. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the weird things about the the story is that the parents were both white. The the baby was adopted. Um, which I don't know. I don't know what dynamic that adds, but it's sort of a weird thing. And, uh, oh yeah. And in fact, my friend, Michael Sargent, who's a psychologist who also happens to be black posted the onion article, making fun of this. But he didn't realize that, so, that the headline – the headline was something like, oh, so I slap a little black kid and call him nigger and I'm the bad guy? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but, See, that's the onion at its best. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but,
2: but Mike didn't realize that this was a real story. Until after he put it up, and some people were like, "Oh man, this is such a messed up situation." He's like, "I had no idea because it's hard to think that
0: anybody would do that." But yeah. like the, the but in, can can, I, can yeah. I can I just say so? The idea is, I agree that the intent matters, but the idea is that even if you have bad intent, if the poison is drained out of the word, you can't. It's not a weapon. Like like. See, I don't so think it works bad intent. I, I
2: mean I just don't think it works that way Like if I called yeah. you a fucking asshole in a, Like joking around It would be very different than if like I looked in your eyes After like you had said something to me And I just said you're a fucking asshole
0: Right but, 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 but that's the thing Is the n-word is worse than asshole yeah, but, but there's it's not nothing as if saying, you can call me as a white person that would cut me like, or even as a Jewish white person. And I know you you love to do it, and I know you mutter <laughs> a lot of them under your breath. You're Jewish. There's nothing you can call me that would have the same effect. That would but be. That's as much the of no weapon.
2: But that's not the point, that I'm a chaotic, the point
0: I But that's not the point that I'm making. The Dirty Jew. <laughs> But mean, that's not, people but that's have not, to work a little harder to come up with some good – But that's
2: not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is that the word asshole can actually ha- carry an emotional weight if I'm actually mad at you. I, I understand that. It that, wouldn't, but that it wouldn't when – so it's not like – we can say the word asshole 10 million times, but it doesn't drain the power out of the word when
0: I mean it.
1: Yeah, right? the intent is there regardless but of the what the extra, word is. But the extra
0: power of mm. the N-word that is maybe something you could drain.
2: i I mean i don't know i'm just yeah i i personally don't buy it like i can't imagine that that it's that it's ever going to become a word that white people bandy around that wouldn't be
1: i i think maybe in time will will make it desensitized because like for example the the reason i can't use it in front of my mom is because her generation is the one that it it hurts so much but my kids don't feel that in front of me like i there's no way i would listen to Rap music that was using that word in front of my mom, even though I want to, you know, if I'm going to play right. something for her, I'm going to, I'm going to edit it. But my, right. my kids have no problem doing that with me.
2: Be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so this actually gets us to an interesting point, which is uh, that I want, that I want to get to, um, you know, at some point in my life, I realized that there is a a generation that's still very much alive. Um, and especially when we were young, that generation to say, Damani's parents and older, who had to live through getting, you know, fire hoses and not being able to use the restrooms, and it's really easy to forget how how recent, recent. that was. Yeah. yeah, and and so when you look, at, it's like, okay, slavery is abolished. A lot of the talk of reparations is usually about slavery and which makes sense because there was a clear sort of econ- there were economic laws that prevented black people from earning money that that were then no longer placed but when you look at the history of oppression like if we're going to talk about reparations it, it makes sense to talk about rep- it's a, the situation may be ending in 1970 there we can start talking about like like some some real progress did,
1: toward equality. Did, speaking of uh, things being so recent, did you guys hear about uh, Mississippi finally ratifying the 13th Amendment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, "Well, no, no, no. We it's it's not so bad. We tried it back in 1995.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had tried to ratify it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They
1: had tried and failed. Well, they they messed up the paperwork somehow.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about reparations because you know a lot of what what we've talked about on this podcast has had to do with justice, right? The question that is at the heart of this is, what the fuck do we do, given that there's hundreds of years of like concrete recorded historically accurate damage we're talking about killings rapings we're talking about just pure slavery being legal um does the does the government have a burden to do anything other than apologize and is there anything that could be done
1: i think absolutely uh i think first of all i think I mean, we kind of mentioned this uh, last time we had this discussion, like the General William T. Sherman created a field order, 15, that made, that gave, uh, well, he asked the African Americans, asked us what we wanted, and we asked for land. So if you're a slave, and then the country owes you something, and you ask them what they want, and they say land, and you you don't give it to them.
2: Right. So it's 40 acres and a mural is the Yeah.
0: So you're saying why didn't they give it they asked and then they said no
1: or Well no, they actually said yes, but then somebody shot Lincoln in the back of the head and then uh, Andrew Johnson uh, overturned the decision. And w- was that the the one the famous mule was also supposed to be included yeah. in that? Well, uh, the mule was just because they had a whole bunch of extra mules left over from the Civil War and they said, "Well, if you want a mule, you can have them. They, we're not going to use them." So they gave I mean, they gave away over 400,000 acres. So there was – did they take it back? Yeah, they took it right back and gave it to the white southern Southerners that had, you know, had rebelled against uh, the Union. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then it got worse with the Jim Crow laws, et cetera, et cetera. So not so only what, did they not get reparations, but they got almost enslaved <laughs> all over again. We suck <laughs> as a country.
2: I was going to say they were Indian givers, but then I realized how ex- extra horrible that would be to get <laughs> in this context.
1: <laughs> but it's so, not like we haven't given reparations to other cultures.
2: So, okay. So there are two, there are two issues, really. One is, one is the, the logistics of it. So right. it, it seems hard. You know, the issues that always come up is, okay, where would the money come from? Uh, which, which black people in America would get it? Like, if you actually were, uh, if you're an immigrant from Africa a generation ago, are you up for it? Do Jamaicans count? Uh, so there are all these, right? There are all these issues. Like, I mean, Jamaicans were slaves, but they were an American slave, you know, right. it's like, right. So, so
0: how would you limit the,
1: People who are the recipients of it, right? Descendants of slaves. Now, just descendants about, of slaves. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Like
2: descendants of American slaves,
1: right? Descendants of American slaves, and we are American government. I mean, I, I sound like I don't have sympathy for any other slaves out, out there, but obligation for our government to its citizens should be all we have to deal with.
2: So, what about uh, what about if you are now uh, an eighth descendant? Right? Do, would you use the same sort of rule as we use? Because I think for Native Americans, you're one sixteenth, and you get money from the government.
1: Well, it depends on, the, their, on the, st- the 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 tribe. They have their own rules of who gets what. But which I think there should kind of be the, another General Sherman moment where they we ask the the people affected to make the rule. Like, oh, I don't so it's I'm- like a lump sum that they can divide as as they wish. Is it? That- Right, which is what it was before. It was forty acres, not per person, but per family.
2: You would have a vote. Among, who who votes? Well, does the one sixteenth guy get to vote?
1: I don't know. Logistic wise, I mean, perhaps. Um, I think you should have a conference. Um, I mean, back in eighteen sixty five, there were 20, 20 ministers that got together. Maybe they can have um, some arbitrary. Uh, group of people that are that are chosen as leaders i don't think you can ask you can't poll every single uh, registered black person <laughs> in right. america and see you know and poll it that way but representation should it should be uh the way to go I have i'm just what saying,
0: about in you, terms of you know who's gonna foot the bill so and, and and the prop all of my i didn't have a single grandparent that was born in this country right. um and so you know my ancestry unlike dave's didn't participate in this at all. Should we, be ob- <laughs> should we be obligated to pay for this, or should most of it fall on the slave, on the descendants of slave owners? For the I,
2: record, I, my parents were immigrants, so you're more <laughs> racist than than me. <laughs> <Asshole>. No. <laughs>
1: I absolutely think um, it should fall on the. But they were doing some bad shit back <laughs> where they're. <were>, huh? <laughs> the descendants of <laughs> sl- slave owners. Oh, you guys are hilarious. No, but, and because that's what it was. Uh, I mean, historically, that would it would stick with the, the original promise. They they took land from slave masters. It was it was plantation land. It was you know the coast of Georgia, uh, Florida, and South Carolina, or something. <laughs> And so they gave that land. So, so yeah, it should – but you got to also think about all the other beneficiaries of slavery. I mean there were lots of the financial institutions, et cetera. So it's not like any – like the rest of America was blameless.
0: Right, so so I think uh, it you, should
1: it should be taxpayer so, money. Uh, so okay, okay, this is
0: so say, all taxpayer money. So in other words, we would all pay just as much as someone who descended from a plantation owner, like it, it, Leonardo DiCaprio's. Right, because like, I mean, great, if the rule is, if
2: the rule is that the beneficiaries are the people who are directly harmed, then I feel like the taxpayers are the ones who directly cause the harm. Right, or, like that. Those should be. I don't want to pay for your shit right now.
1: <laughs> I, hear you, I hear you but as a whole it was the country that benefited as a whole so we all benefited from slavery right all those who are not descendants of slaves benefited from
2: yeah but 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 it's also the case that all black people moving to america even if they weren't slaves got the got shit on because of slavery right, right. so so if you were an african immigrant in in 1934 you may never have been a slave or descendant of a slave, but you still were treated like crap.
1: I agree, but that's that's a different. That's a you, you're not owed reparations before that.
2: Well, so then why why should my white people who immigrated in 1934 who never participated in slavery why should they? Because they benefited from the infrastructure built. But
1: it's it's yeah you did, but it's only indirectly that you're paying. And you know, all land wise, so the the bottom line. I don't really care about money. I think. I mean, I do. <laughs> I think, think reparations should be what they originally asked for, which is land. They never asked for money; they asked for land.
2: Well, it's yeah, the same. I mean,
1: I, look, I hear you. Look, but... it's like
2: you know, it's like I don't want money; I want gold coins.
0: Um, well, it's because they wanted they wanted to be self sustaining. Right? Why did you do like a black voice when you said that? Because yeah. that's what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I could do. I could do a black eye voice. Yeah. Don't get. Don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> <than> me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Can I just say I'm against reparations and take a break because I really need to pee. Sure. Yes. Go ahead. All right. <laughs>
0: Back to Very Bad Wizards. When we left, Dave had said, fuck no, I'm not paying re- reparations.
2: <laughs> just so Damani so like can to. get some rims? And, <laughs>
0: his, J, we just cut out before he's saying Damani was one of the 47% of the takers.
1: <laughs> I'll take <Okay>. some reparations.
2: <laughs> now, here's what I want to ask of my dear friend Damani. Uh, oh, boy. Suppose, suppose that your grandfather had, like, assaulted someone and they never got put in jail. The grandson of that person comes up to you and says, "You know what, man, you got to go to jail or you got to pay me a settlement." Now, wouldn't your intuition be like, "I didn't have shit to do with that, man. I'm sorry. I really apologize that my grandfather did that. I realize he was part of my family, my blood is in him, my his blood is in me, but I pff, What do I have to do?
1: Let me let me answer that with Among other things. Yeah. Let me answer that with a, a different proposal. So let's say instead of – Answer the question. No, because it's, answer not, it. it's not a fair question.
2: No, answer – It's not an the rules, the, rules of, the rules of this podcast are when a question is asked, <laughs> you, can, right. you can say yes or no and then say it's not relevant.
1: It's not relevant at all. Now, here's –
0: But so what's your my, answer, though? So, the, So is the answer no, though? Is the answer the
1: no? would be that no, that I didn't have anything to do with that. But I would be more willing to pay him some, some sort of fee. Some sort of fine, uh, Wait, but, but if why I benefited would you pay a somehow, fine? somehow from but, what my grandfather had done,
2: let's say he robbed them, robbed them of twenty dollars, started a business, and that fed your family.
1: So I, I would owe him a big fat check in my eyes.
2: You pay, you pay.
1: I would.
0: You're a liar. <laughs> I,
2: I swear. I would. Guess what? The story is true, and that man was my grandfather. <laughs> you get the fucking-
1: I like
0: that Dave did this as a reductio ad absurdum. <laughs> by that reasoning, uh, you would owe, and it's like, yeah, you're right, I would owe that.
2: Uh, no, thing. but he's only yeah. saying that because he realized it was a no. reductio.
1: No, but I don't even, that's not even <laughs> why I'm saying it, because I don't even think that uh, scenario applies at all to slavery and reparations. I think it's a very, very different thing. There's so a
2: clear, what, Yeah, what makes it different?
1: Here's the difference the crime of slavery that was committed by this country benefits are mm-hmm. very, very much seen in today's society uh, for for those who used to own slaves and from this country in general this country wouldn't even exist without the uh, institution of slavers if my grandfather tripped his grandfather in second grade and he hit his head then i owe him absolutely nothing because i didn't benefit at all from that but if by tripping his grandfather and hitting his head somehow you know propelled my grandfather ahead in whatever position and that I benefited from that later on, then of course, I owe him something
0: so that's interesting so what the, what's grounding the the obligation it seems like is the fact that we have benefited from the wrong that we did it 's not just that somebody related to us wronged somebody else, but that they suffered and still suffer to this day, and we've benefited, but it actually because even the suffering isn't the issue it's the benefit See, right yeah like we shouldn't get we shouldn't get to prosper as a result of this wrong that we did without at least giving something back
1: right you know, because uh, the whole the whole point was that the slaves never prospered from their own slavery so
2: I okay right. I I'd be reluctant to hang if I were you and I were mounting an argument uh, in favor of reparations I'd be a little reluctant to hang to hang it on the fact that that people benefited because then you're left with this with an argument that if they didn't if they hadn't benefited then there would be no obligation then you're also pr- left well, with the ahead. question of of well what's the right what's the right comparison right suppose that slavery hadn't occurred in as a result america w- were better off economically today right what if in fact the proper control showed that slavery harmed america economically and we'd be much better off today I don't think that you'd want to say, therefore, reparations should not occur. But maybe
0: he would. Maybe, Your intuitions about what Damani would want to say haven't – I absolutely
1: think that reparations would no longer be owed if the country didn't benefit from slaves. That doesn't mean that I don't think – maybe I'm an apology – or a um, yeah, basically an apology because it doesn't, it's not reparations has nothing to do with the morality of slavery, it has everything to do with payment for services rendered
0: but but but, but isn't the morality of it an issue because let's say that black people had just made a bad deal. You know that they went into willingly, but they had made a bad deal that that we 've prospered because black people made a bad deal, and maybe they were you know they 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 came to the table a little bit in, ill informed but isn 't it like, that, like that, Native they, that Americans? we did something actually we- wrong to them that makes it that 's what seems is that right. actually what what seems problematic to Dave actually i think seems right to me is there 's something especially ugly about. White people continuing to benefit from the wrong that they did with without giving any of that back. Uh, That's my biggest issue. But but only because it's the but only because it was wrong, not because they're just not just because they're ben- right. Right?
1: No, it's because they benefited from the wrong. Yeah. Right. 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 Right.
2: So okay. So this maybe we can segue into another topic that I really wanted to cover, which is so one attempt at at. Um, Repairing this, this injustice has been through programs like affirmative action programs. Now, and I think the argument here is the most effective way to undo the damage um, isn't to pay the descendants of slaves directly, but to somehow try to make up for the consequences of the slavery by putting money into programs like affirmative action. And I want to get, I want to see what your, what your intuition was about that affirmative action as a, as a, as, as a, a solution, form of as a solution and just in and of itself. Uh, yeah. In and terms as of a form effective.
0: of reparation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, it's a complete farce to say affirmative action was any sort of form of reparation. It's I do think it's a necessary program, but I don't think it has anything to do with repayment for slavery. As, I think it has I think it's everything to do with equaling the playing field of in society, which is not what reparations would be about.
2: Well it mean I mean you can you can view it as a form of payment, right? it does it does have an economic toll. So I mean, suppose that they just said that this was our form of payment, and it will have this added benefit of equaling the playing field.
1: I would, I would definitely reject that if I was on this, you know, fictional panel of black people because that's a very <laughs> different thing. I mean, it's, who would be on that? <laughs> oh, <exactly>. Sincerely, Sharpton, <laughs> uh, Oprah, <laughs> uh, Colin Powell—all the, you know, the nice. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the non threatening the non-gangster. <laughs> you got
2: to put Nas on there. You got to put nods on. There. Oh,
1: I would love that. Most of uh, <laughs> Cornel West. Um, that would scare the crap out of people.
2: Okay, so but like so
0: so
1: I kind of like Cornel West. I love West. him. He's great. Yeah. He's I like high. that he's very critical of Obama. I think he's yes. a, You don't like Obama. I like Obama, but I like the fact that Cornel West doesn't automatically like him just because he's black. Yeah,
2: you know, a lot of yeah. people go in that direction. I think a lot of black people criticize Obama. I
1: don't yeah, think so, I I mean he's ninety something percent approval of black folks, so not that many.
2: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he's ninety I thought you were gonna say he's ninety something percent white. Oh no uh, <laughs> um, So okay, but then affirmative action generally, you think that is this is uh, effective and and necessary?
1: Do I think it's or- effective? No. I think it's effective for a white women, yeah. Affirmative <laughs> Affirmative action has benefited white women more than the African-American community. So, so you're sexist is what you're saying. Because there's more no, black men in the workplace? Ha- I have <laughs> – no, not at all. I have no problem with it benefiting white women, but I think uh, the whole idea uh, uh, should be spread
0: oh, I see. to right.
1: more than just uh, – I think well, it's not so as effective for black people as it is for, for white women. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, and there's also – Wait, why? So, but I mean, what about just affirmative action for race rather than gender?
1: I have no problem with either uh, either one. It's just uh, the the idea of affirmative action is supposedly is to uh, give people opportunities that don't normally have those but that's not that's not what ends up happening but is that
0: something inherent with affirmative action so one of the things I love about Houston I absolutely love about Houston is that these issues just don't come up because it's so diverse already there's so many people from so many different races already doing you know my classes are 75% non-white you know 20% black 20% Hispanic and then just Asians of all different varieties and it, and so diversity is just a fact of life. It, it, it's not an issue. It's not like an issue of sensitivity. Like, it's just all just... Well,
2: can we just admit, just admit that a a a, the Asians it's are not the not smart Im- ones?
0: It's not imposed. <laughs> some Asians. Yeah, I think it depends, even though you can't really tell. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But my point is, is that when it's imposed... Now, Now, I grew up in the Northeast. Although we actually had a fairly big black... Community in our in our school system and our, but it was really just it, it. definitely had this feeling of diversity being imposed instead of diversity just being a fact.
2: I got to say, the Northeast and, feels like there's a lot more barriers between black and white than than where I right. grew up in
0: California. That's, so, yeah. and it's also the place that's most focused on <laughs> diversity as a right as, as a mandate, a, as a, like a topic as a, as a mandate. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: it's like a publicly
0: held value. And when it's just and the thing I love about Houston and, you know, of course, this was so different than Minnesota, although Minnesota, they didn't even really try to impose it. They just didn't care. (laughs) But what I love about Houston is it's not being imposed. It just is. And then it's the most natural thing in the world. And it's just easy to negotiate. It's when it's imposed that there it does feel like just the imposition of it places a barrier. Now you're wondering.
2: It makes salient that there's a problem. And and in a way that, that can actually be self defeating. And yeah, sort of. It would be it would be nice to have diversity just arise organically because of the nature of the population.
0: But I guess the question is, what do you do when that just doesn't? When it doesn't happen,
2: happen right? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I have a question about your your school, Tamil. You said there's diversity yeah. that's kind of naturally there, but is it is it social, economical, uh, as well, or is it just racial?
0: It's social-economical in the sense that there aren't very many, like, rich people, period. You know, they go to the schools.
1: There everybody's are a few, but it's
2: mostly yeah, – motherfucker. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It's, which is also – but I think you're right. That's a really important factor to why it
1: works so well. Yeah, because it ends up being a, a lot of that, rich black people get into the schools and or rich – minorities or whatever. That's not rich, but privileged. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah those and are the
0: it's ones actually, no, no, it's not that. Right? Yeah, this is actually... And, and, you know, ironically, they're the people who are least in favor of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, affirmative action and also of any kind of redistribution of wealth cuz a lot of these people have worked their butts off they're working their butts off now to be in school and to you know have their full time or part time job while they're doing it and you know yeah. and so like the idea that they're going to lose a job for whatever reason, is offensive to them right. uh, to somebody who didn't work as hard, or to somebody who you know who, who hasn't made the kind of sacrifices and taken the risks that they've taken is offensive to. Them. And don't you
2: think, Damani, that uh, that I've had like mild experience with this because technically classified as a Latin American can can make people put you in a category where you might qualify for some sort of diversity. I don't think I deserve any extra help at all, and it, and I find that the thought of uh, the thought that I might That I might gain some advantage in a job or or getting into school because i 'm technically Hispanic, I find it deflating
1: it is deflating obviously everybody wants to be praised or accepted on their own merit i can for it 's um, how do I say this for yourself i don 't want it but I, yeah. want, I definitely want I can acknowledge the fact that just because i 'm just as good as somebody else there's some people. Who won't right. give a damn. All they can see is my my blackness. And then they're like, right. we don't care how good you are. So for somebody else, I don't want them to be held back because of that.
0: For me, you know what I- but if they feel like you, yeah, then, then... Right, then
1: who, yeah. nobody's going to...
0: Well,
2: you know, and this gets to this problem that Damani mentioned before, which is that affirmative action is often uh, the people who who benefit from it are often already sort of middle or upper middle class Black people, mm-hmm. um, and the, the the people who really really need it, who haven't had the opportunity, and who might be the biggest targets of, of racism in their in their environment, or who just never acquired the proper skills to to integrate in in sort of uh, white America, um, are the ones who just don't get it. Um, but you know, this reminds me of a story I I just have to tell uh, that about about Damani and and me and a couple of our oh, friends no. And were kids. <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's it's a good one. It's a sad one. But uh, you know, one of the first times I, I remember ever going to to the mall without my parents, like, my, uh, was when I was visiting Damani, and uh, it was Damani, me, uh, Corbin, and Dion. I think no, Eric, Eric and Dion. Oh, Corbin nice. wasn't there. And uh, so it's me and and three black kids. We must have been in eighth or ninth grade. I don't know.
1: Yeah, something like and, that. Uh,
2: yeah, we're walking around the mall, and we go into this. I think it was a clothing store, man. It was like a chess king or something. <laughs> it was like one of those really <laughs> bad. one. it was really bad. And uh, we're walking around, and I see the store owner, uh, or the lady who worked there, following us around. And I was like, what the hell? So we come out of the store. We're walking down. We're walking down the mall. And I was like, man, did you guys see that? And uh, you guys are like, what? And I was like, man, they were following us around. Like we were some sort of like, like we were thieves. And uh, and I think it was Dion who goes, oh, oh, yeah. Nah, it happens all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. People follow you around <laughs> all the time. And you know, these were like three middle class, upper middle class, you, you know yeah I mean, so some of those kids had more money than I did, so let 's just say that and uh Eric Pinnock. And I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and and I was like oh man it doesn 't matter it doesn't matter right it's they they noticed that there were three black kids walking around yeah. yeah and man. uh and so sometimes it doesn't it doesn 't matter that, that you have economic opportunities <laughs> you 're right. still a black face man i was I remember Dion saying, I think it was Dion who said, you know, sometimes when I'm walking behind like a white lady and she starts walking faster, I just start speeding the fuck up. And just to see her start walking even faster.
0: (laughs) And I was like, man, that was messed up.
2: The sweet justices.
1: I want that power. (laughs) Well, it's going away. They don't care anymore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah oh, really? the
1: fear is gone no, I'm telling you
2: actually white ladies start walking toward Demoni nowadays
1: oh yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> backing up. Back up maybe we don't talk about that <laughs> but
2: you know one thing that people don't realize too is that uh you know when, when white people are afraid, they're embarrassed to admit their their mildly racist impulses. Like when you're walking down the street at night, and some some black guy, young black guy who's wearing sort of like you know sport clothing or something, is walking in your direction, you get nervous. Now whether you get nervous because you you know the base rates of crime in the neighborhood, like I doubt it, but yeah. you get nervous because because of the media's portrayal of black people. Black people get nervous too. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like.
0: Let's just all the jesse Jacksons like Jesse Jackson had a line like that, right? I see a guy, black guy with a hoodie, mm-hmm. and I get nervous. you know, yeah, I crossed mm-hmm. the other side of the street yeah. but uh let me uh, let's show, we, uh, this was supposed to be in part about Django and chain i don't think we mentioned the movie oh. uh, so let me ask <laughs> you about that clip that we played at the beginning of the episode, and haven 't referred yeah. to the uh, well. Why don't they kill us? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the best it's, line. Eh. It's the best speech in the movie. By the way,
2: did you know that Leo DiCaprio actually cut himself during this, the making of that scene?
0: Oh, wow. It's an interesting clip because yeah. it's like, yeah, because there's some some like, natural. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. But why Why didn't?
1: Uh, more? Why wasn't there more rebellion or revolt? Or was there? There were. Again, there, um, there were tons and tons of uh, rebellions, especially early on. And we got to remember, this went on for... Hundreds of years, right? So at first, uh, uh, the African uh, slaves that came over were quite rebellious, and uh, well, two, twofold. It, slavery in the beginning wasn't nearly as harsh as it ended up being. It, it, it kind of got that harsh by consequence of all the rebellions. So they had to kind of continue to make examples out of people, and uh, any, right. any whoever you know shook, whoever rocked the boat was was pretty much killed, whipped. Um, chained uh raped uh, transferred to a different uh they were split they split families up because they they recognized early on that people who was the same you know family could, could organize and that's why they split up different uh cultures different different languages etc et the, the,
2: the systematic cold-blooded nature of that strategy man yeah i mean, I mean had, it had
1: it took yeah. a while though it, it, it was yeah. it wasn't immediate Again, because we had this discussion before.
0: Was it one of your parents had some sympathy oh. with that view? Like with the I, phrenology I, of it or something absolutely. like that? I, I
1: I polled my entire family about uh, all, all these this issues that we're discussing. And I got some scary and yeah. surprising. My dad is the one who actually kind of endorsed slavery, but uh, he's coming from a, a Christian uh, perspective, thinking that the Bible says that for slaves to... Uh, obey their masters. On, yeah, obey your then. masters. And it just it drives me absolutely batty that he could in any way justify uh, s- slavery, especially of African slaves. But that's he thinks it's he thinks it's okay. So
0: you think there was a threat of that? You
1: know, this is our place in nature, and this
0: is you know in our place in God's I, world or
1: whatever. I didn't think that until I, I talked to my dad. But I think the <laughs> yeah. reason. That that like I think the most brilliant thing that uh, the white slave owners ever did was allow Christianity to. Like,
2: I was about to say do. it, man. I was about to say it. Yeah, it's, because it's a- I mean, let's this gets back to the Martin and Malcolm debates. But yeah. like at the end of the day, if you want your slaves to have a religion, I think that Christianity is the one that you're going to want. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that it didn't help martin a lot because in the end at the end of the day i think martin's philosophy won uh in the civil rights movement but
0: but so why why is christianity well you all know more about that than i do the
1: forgive and forget the turn the other cheek um the um Heaven is where you're going to get your reward, and not here on earth. Kind of, right. Kind of a mentality,
2: right? The meek shall inherit the earth. The suffering, and in fact, yeah. the, it's it's the glorification
1: of
0: suffering. Absolutely, right. slave morality. Yeah, right? yeah. The,
1: that's what Nietzsche called. Them. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I think that export of religion to the slaves was probably, I think that may have kind of bred a, a sort of docility, not any sort of genetic. Uh, I think it became cultural, though. Absolutely, and I think that still. In place today,
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say some of the one of the most racist things I've ever heard came from Demani. He uh, oh. says it says there's nothing genetic, but uh, but there was a time when, when uh, I was visiting Atlanta, and, I, and I, you know I grew up in Miami, but I didn't really have experience in the South South because uh, Miami's not really the South, and uh, I, I had visited Atlanta one time, and I, and I was talking to Demani, and I said, you know, man, there's something weird about the South, and both, both white people, but I was talking about black Black people are different in the South. And uh, Damani told me, that's because all the smart ones escaped to the North.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was mostly joking. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on, though. you with, with the threat of lynching and all the Jim Crow that was, I mean, it was everywhere, but it was especially potent in the South. Right, You, you almost had to be damn near retarded to stay down there. <laughs> But, and, so, and if those people had kids and those kids had kids, <laughs> who's to say? Yeah. Anyway,
2: now, now, uh, yeah. now we're on, now we're on straight bell curve territory.
1: Uh, yeah. Honestly, what is, I think it's worth discussing, but I don't think it's true. I I just think it's... <laughs> It was fun to say. For, so, uh, for the record, my family was one of the first to run to the north. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so so it seems like your family, then, we don't owe your family as much as <laughs> some of the southern families. Yeah,
1: not so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all right. See, he's got integrity. Uh,
2: okay. So, you know, we have to wrap up in a little bit. But I really, re- before we go, I really want to talk about this, which is Damani Demonte- <clears throat> – Damani and I, I think, uh grew up in an environment and in a time and place where where I think we're <sighs> racism has less of a hold on us. We're not from the Northeast, you know, white people from the Northeast may be different. But um <laughs> but every once in a while I'm reminded like that like that guy in the airplane slapping the black baby that that shit is still ugly. And so uh, I wanna ask both of you, man, like should we be? Can we be optimistic about the future, or is this shit just going to continue to haunt us? What do we do? Are we-
1: I I don't think we should be. Uh, we should be optimistic that the the fringe it might become a fringe culture of of racism, but I think it's it's slowly shrinking. I don't think it's shrunk shrunk to any the to the to the what they say the post racial world now that Obama's gotten elected. Yeah,
2: that's best all, such crap.
1: Yeah.
0: If it were really post-racial, no, no, no. We wouldn't- that's crap. But, but I think it's pretty significant that Obama was re-elected uh, with a bad economy. You know, which is something that it is hard for a president to do. Yeah, uh, any president, and for a black president to get re-elected with a bad economy, I think actually, you know, does leave some hope for optimism. I mean, I think we said this on our other episode, but it's like. For all their shit, for all the European superiority over Americans, they don't do that. You know, there's no black president of France or prime minister of England. That's just that that doesn't happen. Hasn't happened. Some people think it could. So are they less sexist than we are? Are they less sexist? Yeah, because they have have women. I mean, even in South America, they have female presidents, you know. Well, but that's—I think—you could make a legitimate argument that, as the Onion said, you know, what if they menstruate over an important piece of legislation?
2: <laughs> yeah, asshole. Um, so, so, but no, but I don't—I don't know. I mean, but for the same reason that I don't think that, that South Americans are less sexist because they have female presidents, I, I don't—I just don't know that. I mean, I'm, I love that Obama's president. Of course, it wouldn't have happened in, like, 1930. But I don't know that it represents that much that he got reelected. I think I think, that the, I think the, the country is split between red and blue.
1: Right. Well, more demographics. Than, I mean, you have to look at that as well. Because it's, that's what I think it points to more than anything. But if the non-racist demographic is expanding, like I don't think it would have been possible 20 years ago for a black person to get elected or reelected. Agreed. But also 20 years ago, uh, the, the country was over 81% Caucasian. Now it's under seventy-nine percent Caucasian. Yeah, and true. Fair Like enough, in, yeah. in this in this recent election, what we sixty percent of uh, the white vote went against Obama. Yeah. So he didn't win the majority of white people. I'm not saying it's hey, that not significant <laughs> that he won forty percent. That's a significant piece, of, you know, chunk of, of the you know significant percentage, but it's not it's not anywhere close to uh, a non-factor.
2: I, and I you know, and maybe the way that i that I'm thinking is we've made progress in the public sphere like that. You know, I Obviously, like Obama wouldn't have been elected even, you know, thirty years ago or whatever. But right. so, you know, you just go on YouTube and you read the comments, and it's n word this, n word that. You go to the play, and like you've got these little kids. You can't man. go
0: by comments on YouTube. <laughs> those are the worst people in America. I don't think so. That's the thing. I think those
2: are people that you and I know. Those are the kinds of people who, under the under the guise of anonymity, are
0: dropping the n word. I, I don't know people who go out and comment on blogs and and <laughs> and leave these. Like those people, I'm telling you, they 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 are the they're, they're the saddest example of humanity. And it's not just when they comment on race; it's when they comment on pretty much anything. True. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, of them, though.
1: There is, yeah, there are quite a few. But there is also kind of a culture of who can make the worst, most offensive yeah. comments on those things. That's true. That's true. But trolling, they call it. Like, there's yeah. a word for that. It's like you're
2: yeah. But uh, all I'm saying is that like there's a lot of trolls, and a lot of trolls seem to be racist.
0: Oh yeah, I mean you know anytime they compile tweets, you know like when Obama does something like State of the Union, they it was awful. It was horrible. I'm not saying that it's no, so so it's different from saying saying that it's getting better isn't saying that it's that it's perfect or even that it's good. It just means that it's less bad than it was before and we have hope maybe if you're optimistic that will that it will get even less bad and i guess my Uh, my
2: my sentiment sometimes is that the pace is much slower than i would think given sort of the world that i inhabit every once in a while i'm reminded that the pace is is just depressingly slow you know
0: yeah yeah no that's true
1: concur it's 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 from the from the southern california world of Every culture in the school that I, you know, we got to interact with, it, you you get surprised when you run into it elsewhere.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And but you know, true. I really have to say that there is some value to just talking about this stuff, man. Because yeah. there's something like about white people get so nervous sometimes when they talk about race, yeah. and they won't even admit to their biases. Like, man, just say it. Just say that you think something different when the black guy walks in the room.
1: Like one of the most honest things that our friend Todd, who's who's white, <laughs> uh, ever told me is when his sister married Michael, a black man. That he had a problem with it, and yet he and I had been friends our entire lives.
2: Right. Well, That's and, the kind of sh- yeah. 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 That's what reminds yeah. you every once in a while.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, like, I, but I. But it was. That. But did you like
0: that he at least felt comfortable I, enough to tell I you? I Loved
1: it. It was. It was like I said. Probably yeah. the most one of the best moments he, he and I have ever had. And he had, He yeah. didn't have an answer for it. He just was like, "What the fuck is wrong with me?" You yeah. <laughs> know.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. good go Todd Nas could be your favorite musician and you love Beyonce and you're happy that Obama but sometimes like when when it's in those really interpersonal moments sometimes you just see like these these deep attitudes emerge that you're like whoa man. and I see him in myself sometimes too yeah. right and you're just like whoa oh, yeah.
0: like but usually the targets of your hate are different
2: no no they're always yeah. blacks and Jews <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine how I feel like, well, given the story you told me about the the smart ones got away, people are going to (laughs) judge. But like I judge uh, what I consider ignorant black people, I think even harsher. I think a lot of black people do. Like you're always hoping that the criminal is not black. You you see that loud, ignorant dude that's running around with his pants halfway down to his ankles and you're like, dude, come on.
2: Yeah, I get a similar feeling when I'm um, when I'm overseas and and hear the loud tourists, and I'm like, please don't let them be American, please. Oh,
0: damn. (laughs) Same, almost. But there's no chance that they're not. (laughs) (laughs) They always are,
2: especially when they're screaming the N word.
0: (laughs) <laughs> no because we're less racist than Europe. I thought I I mean I settled that like 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> I know that you say that uh, but you know like talk about interracial dating like in Germany people interracial marriage is I think much less frowned upon than here.
0: No, but for them it's like modern art. <laughs> like they they're doing it to shock.
2: I don't uh, think so. I don't I don't think that they're doing it to shock. I think that it's just less, here in Toronto for instance. There's like, you know, I'm not saying that there's no racism, but it's very different. Like, there's just, like, interracial dating is not, and I, I kind of laugh with Canadians. Like, a black guy and a white girl, or especially the other way around, a, 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 <laughs> a black woman and a white guy, you, you, in America, you just like, it's still like people will look. Like, still yeah. people, that's why people stare at Demani all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My girlfriend
1: you're always- happens to be black right now. <laughs>
0: you- Did you guys see Good Hair? Yeah. yeah. The, movie, the Chris That's a great
1: rock- movie. A great movie. Great black movie. women hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a good movie to do, like a, one of our
0: movie breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by that movie and really disturbed, too. Like There was just so much of that that I didn't know. I mean, the whole thing of the the whole reason they want these weaves is to make them look less black yeah. essentially right yeah. you know they pay the amount of money they pay and the amount of chemical the, like the, the the chemicals that they they'll put on their hair and then the whole thing with the, the indians in their temples oh. all their hair <laughs> like that's a world i knew nothing about yeah, i mean uh, uh, why that's why
2: a- angela davis sport in the afro was was some as it was empowering,
1: you know, yeah, like it's, it's it's a big deal. I I in fact it's it's funny that you mention this. I go out of my way to compliment every black woman that I see wearing the, her hair naturally, even if I think it looks bad. I, I also tell black women your you hair have this is so instinctive pretty. Instinctive revulsion to the. Wait, your that? hair
2: is so. I was going to say I also tell black women your hair is so pretty.
1: Oh, Laura, <laughs> probably doesn't go over nearly as well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, and as a curse, God gave me a daughter who has nappier hair than
1: than a lot of black women. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <sighs> no.
0: I feel like we still didn't talk enough about Django, no. but we didn't. That's just where the conversation went. So I, it was all about Dave being against reparations.
1: <laughs> yeah, so d- did I convince you any uh, either way, Dave?
2: I I still Yeah, you know, I think that if if it weren't for insurmountable logistics that you would you might have a mor- moral claim. On on reparations, and and I think that my my opposition is is really more on on the impossibility on logistic ground. As long as I don't have you to try. pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you do have to pay though. Indeed, indeed. No, I mean I. I I just won't That's what I'm saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you might as well just say Sure, I'm for reparation Hell, yeah Uh. All right, Uh, Join us next time on Very Bad Wizards Again, click on the Amazon click Rate us on iTunes Like us on Facebook uh, Send us messages Send us tweets At Tamler At Peas and, and, it, and you
2: can email can Damani McDole, uh, <laughs> find his email if you want to complain about his racism.
1: Yeah, duma- duma- yeah no, I... at Gmail. I don't care. Hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me on here, guys. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Man. Good sports for coming, Damani. Pay
0: attention to that behind the
2: curtain. For more information about this episode, including show notes and links, and to listen to other episodes, please visit us at www.verybadwizards.com.
0: I'm a very good man, good man. They think deep thoughts, and with no more brains than you have. Pay no attention to that man. Anybody
1: can have a brain. You're a very bad man. I'm a very good man. Just a
0: very bad wizard.